You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, today's crossover Thursday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast is brought to you by Visa. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters visa everywhere you want to be official partner of the NFL and we do have an actual game to talk about on today's crossover Thursday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast later in the show we will have Chris from the Locked on Steelers podcast on to preview this upcoming matchup and of course we will start off today's show with the latest news surrounding the Tennessee Titans COVID-19 outbreak and fortunately as a compared to yesterday's show we do have some positive news and some positive momentum building so I can't wait to share some of those positive revelations with you guys of course there are some other negative aspects that do need to be discussed but for the most part some positives coming out of Wednesday's news for the Tennessee Titans. So a big day on this crossover Thursday with a game that does in fact look like it will be played at some point in the next five or six days. So excited to break everything down with you today on the Locked On Titans podcast. Make sure that you are subscribed to the Locked On Titans podcast on Apple Podcasts, following on Spotify, or whatever platform you do stream, as I will continue to pump out Monday through Friday Titans content for you guys throughout not only the regular season, but the entire year. But it's time to dive into this crossover Thursday. Let's get it. Additional updates on Wednesday in regard to not only the Titans COVID-19 outbreak, but also to the week four game against the Pittsburgh Steelers that is scheduled for Sunday at this moment in time. First, we got additional updates in regards to the testing of the rest of the Tennessee Titans roster outside of the three confirmed positives that we already knew with starting nose tackle Daquan Jones, long snapper Bo Brinkley, and practice squad tight end Tommy Hudson. And that fourth additional Titan that did come up with a confirmed positive test was outside linebacker Kamale Correa. So that makes four Tennessee Titans players that have been affected on top of the five additional personnel members that were identified on Tuesday, and then Shane Bowen, Titans outside linebacker coach and defensive play caller that was obviously added to the COVID-19 protocol over the weekend. So in total, that is 10 members of the Titans organization between staff and players that have been affected. And at this time, the Titans still have their facility closed, but Per Mike Vrabel's press conference today, the Titans are allowing injured players to come in and get treatment or experience rehab that is necessary 
for them returning to action and getting healthy. So that is where things sit at this time for the Titans organization. In regards to the other teams that have been affected, the Minnesota Vikings continue to return nothing but negative COVID-19 tests, which is obviously a very positive sign, not for the Tennessee Titans per se, but for the entire NFL and what's good for the NFL will ultimately be good for the Tennessee Titans. So in regard to the game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, at this time, all reports do indicate that the NFL would like to play the game on Monday night and have a Monday night football doubleheader. Some things that indicate that are we did get reports that the CBS broadcasting team that was set to do the Titans-Steelers game in Nashville has been informed that they should expect the game to take place on Monday. That's also something that on Wednesday, Pittsburgh Steeler head coach Mike Tomlin indicated as well that the NFL has led him to believe that the game will most likely take place on Monday. And this makes the most sense as having a game on Tuesday would affect the rest and preparation for a team going into the next week. And having the game on Sunday seems too soon for the Tennessee Titans to get their practices going, to get back in the building if those things even take place. And at this time, of course, these are reports about when the game will take place. If there is any more negative or unfortunate news, then obviously those plans can be changed. But some comments coming out of this news, head coach Mike Vrabel for the Tennessee Titans did say that there should be no excuses for the Tennessee Titans if they are able to get back into the building on Thursday or Friday, then it's very comparable to a Thursday night football week. So the Titans will have no excuses from Mike Vrabel's vantage point. That was echoed by starting quarterback Ryan Tannehill and starting safety Kevin Byard, who are the offensive and defensive leaders respectively. They also said that there will be no excuses for the Titans in in this game, regardless of the obvious and logical disadvantage that they will be facing with the limited amount of practice time that they will have compared to the over-exaggerated amount of practice time and preparation that the Steelers will have. But the Steelers certainly aren't feeling bad for the Titans as Pittsburgh Steelers starting quarterback Ben Roethlisberger indicated that he would not be feeling sorry for the Titans for their lack of practice and that the NFL is a hard place no matter what. So that is the most recent update we got at this time in regards to the Titans COVID-19 outbreak and the scheduling of a week four matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ultimately, mostly positive news today in regards to the game and in regards to the Titans situation. More updates will follow. Before I make my next point though, I want to preface it by saying I certainly hope that everyone affected gets healthy as quick as possible, but at some point we do have to talk about the football ramifications here, and quite frankly, the Titans dodged a bullet with their four confirmed positive players. Kamale Correa had barely played so far this year. He had been absolutely miserable when he played, especially in run defense. Nowhere near the level of play that he had at the end of the season last year. And his snap counts in the first three games have indicated that the coaching staff doesn't trust him either. He's barely getting 10 snaps a game. As for Daquan Jones, that's obviously the biggest hit here. He does serve a great role as a run stuffer on early downs. He has been getting a few pass rushing snaps at defensive tackle as well. So, 
that is a key loss, and the Steelers do run the ball very well, so it's something that the Titans will have to deal with going forward. We might see Jeffrey Simmons move back into a nose tackle role outside of the three technique role that he's been playing recently. How the Titans will handle that will definitely be something to watch as the, again, the Pittsburgh Steelers do have a very solid rushing attack. Bo Brinkley, although a long snapper's way more important than the, you know, general consensus. I admit that, especially having a reliable guy like Bo Brinkley, who you've been able to count on for so long. But ultimately, it's a long snapper who plays about 10 snaps a game. So that shouldn't be the difference in winning and losing for your ball club. And then, of course, Tommy Hudson's on the practice squad and hasn't been called up one time so far this year. So it it would be hard to make the case that these diagnoses are incredibly impactful for the Tennessee Titans and will prevent them from being able to win. The bigger concern is the lack of practice time and doing all of your game planning for the week, especially against a Pittsburgh Steelers defense that's the number one defense in the NFL at this time. So... That will be something to watch, how the Titans handle the defensive line rotation against a good rushing attack and how they come out to play and how their game plan looks with the limited amount of preparation that they will be able to have. But before we move into our crossover Thursday conversation where we start to break this game down with someone who has their boots on the ground in Pittsburgh, Chris of the Locked On Steelers podcast, I want to tell you guys a little bit about NFL Game Pass. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, game-winning kicks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle all in one place, all the time. And the NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to NFL.com slash game pass to start your free trial today nfl game pass where football never stops with the ever-increasing number of makes and models it's basically impossible to stock all of the parts that you're going to need at a chain front store why endure the pointless questioning about what kind of car you have what make what model what specifications to some counterman who's just going to get on tell you he doesn't have the parts in stock and have to order them on his computer do that yourself and cut out the middleman by going to rockauto.com where you have access to their catalog at home on your computer or right in your pocket. RockAuto.com is a family business and they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So go to RockAuto.com to shop for your auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even brand new carpet. So whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, in just a few easy clicks, get exactly what you need delivered directly to your door. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals or do-it-yourselfers. So why spend twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and write locked on in the how did you hear about us box right underneath your shipping information so they know that I sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, 
all of the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com All right, it's time for the Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Chris Carter from the Locked On Steelers. We've got Tyler Rowland from Locked On Titans. It's Steelers-Titans. We just got done talking to y'all about all the craziness of when this game's going to happen, and it's happening. We know that much, Tyler. Glad to, to do this show with you, my friend. Let's get to talking. I want to ask you some pertinent questions about this Titans team. First off, first off we know that the, the, the ground game for the Titans is super legit. What's the deal with Taylor Lewan right now? How's his injury been progressing? Where is he at? Well, because of the movement of this game, it appears it's going to be moved to Monday. The Titans are basically not going to release their first injury report mm. until uh, Thursday afternoon or so. So right now, what we do know about Taylor Lewan's injury, though, that was reported by Tom Pelissero earlier in the week is that it does not appear to be long-term. It's not a season ender, not a torn bicep, not anything like that. It appeared to be, and this is my uh, sideline doctor speaking, I have no indications on this, but it appeared to be either like a pinched nerve in his neck or possibly a dislocated shoulder, but it's not a broken collarbone. Like I said, it's not a torn pec, not a torn bicep, anything like that. So it shouldn't be long-term, but there is still a great likelihood that he does not play in this game. So that's something, obviously, that not only Titans fans, but Steelers fans will need to pay attention to because we all know about the edge-rushing capability of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if the Titans don't have their number one tackle out there, their big money tackle, that could be uh, blood in the water for T.J. Watt. Certainly could be for T.J. Watt, but I wanted to get into uh, what I think is one of the prime matchups as far as position group and position group or, or style versus style in the Steelers have the NFL's best run defense. Mm-hmm. Derrick Henry is one of the best running backs in the NFL. This is the unstoppable force meets the immovable object type of matchup that we always yep. dream about talking about. hundred percent. What What's the atmosphere amongst like Titans fans amongst the Titans themselves just saying like, Hey, this is, this is the time to prove, that you know this that we're the real deal if we get past this this defensive front and Derrick Henry can put up these kind of numbers you can do it to anybody well I think that one of the things that we're learning early on in the season here is that the Titans don't necessarily have to be incredibly effective in terms of yards per carry to let Derrick Henry be the most valuable part of the offense. He doesn't have to have a banner day for the Titans offense to be successful. We saw that in Denver. He did end up rushing for uh, 116 yards, but it wasn't an incredibly efficient day. Under four yards per carry against Jacksonville, same thing, under four yards per carry. He got off a little bit in the Vikings game, but we know about the struggles the Vikings are having on defense right now. But the key is that Derrick Henry's presence Derrick Henry's the the narrative around Derrick Henry the feeling from a a Steelers linebacker when they see him lined up in the backfield at this point his reputation has done enough to where the Titans what the Titans really want to do is get to the play action pass game yes that's where all their explosive plays comes from that's what the the foundation of their passing game is because that's what Ryan Tannehill does well he's not the Ben Roethlisberger type who's going to sit back Uh, move through the pocket, read the defense, find the guy, make the throw. Tannehill needs to be put in positions to succeed. So even if Derrick Henry, which you're not lying, the Steelers defensive front from my tape study that I began today 
it's terrifying. And the way they shoot gaps, the way they penetrate, the way they're moving TJ Watt around right now is phenomenal. Um, so I don't think that the Titans will have a, a banner. It's not going to be like, oh, the Titans can run on anybody. But if Derrick Henry can at least get a little bit going, get about 60 to 70 yards, maybe touch the bottom of 80, I think that'll still be enough for the Titans offense to be effective and for that play action fake to, to take full impact on the Steelers linebackers and safeties. Absolutely. I mean, play action is a huge part of what I think that did a, a lot for Ryan Tannehill last mm-hmm. year when he was, you know, he had the most efficient, I think, December in all of football. Um, and he was on fire. And it was a huge part of what got them through the playoffs, you know, you know, because there wasn't just Derrick Henry. It was that balance that Tannehill brought to the offense. You um, throw to score, you throw to score yep. and you run to win. That's the truth. And Tannehill threw the ball to score touchdowns in the playoffs, and then we ran out the clock on teams. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing is that, and I've seen this before uh, with the when the Jaguars beat up on the Steelers three years ago now in 2017. People always talk about that first game against Leonard Fournette, and they said, "Oh, he ran over the Steelers." But people always forget he was averaging less than three yards per carry going into the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. It was in the fourth quarter when the Steelers' defense started going for – trying to force turnovers yep. because their offense was stinking that day, that that's when Fournette picked up the momentum and then he had like a 200-yard day. That's how he, some of those backs work, though, those bigger yep. body backs like Fournette, like a Henry. You know, they pick up steam throughout. They wear down the defense. And if you weren't on your P's and Q's with your run fit, then you're going to let them get off late in the game and break your back. So that's definitely what the Titans are trying to do on offense each and each and out or in and out of each game now I want to flip to the passing game a little bit and not necessarily Tannehill but the receivers first of all I own AJ Brown in fantasy and it's killing me that he's not Uh, playing man it's tough. Yeah, it's unfortunate, man. Not just for your fantasy team, but (laughs) I got a few fantasy teams with AJ Brown for Titans fans and the Titans offense as well yeah, what's the outlook right now for A.J. Brown and, and Corey Davis and this, this receiving core? I also really like John U. Smith and what he's been able to put together for them. Uh, I mean, in my opinion, John U. Smith has probably been the best or the second best, maybe third best tight end in the NFL this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been fantastic. It's his first – he is in his fourth year now, and this is the first healthy offseason that he ever had. He was wow. throwing down in South Florida throughout the quarantine with Ryan Tannehill. Um, so he got a little bit of a head start in terms of the continuity with Tannehill to get ready for the season. And quite frankly, we go back to the play-action fake. The Titans are trying to run play-action, suck up the linebackers, and have that pocket in between the safeties and the linebackers. And who's going to be there? You're tied in. Corey Davis is also very – very good at that as a wide receiver. But here's the thing that the Titans are missing when it comes to their receiving options and their weapons on offense right now. And of course it's AJ Brown, but it's not just who it's why. And the reason why is because AJ Brown is the only wide receiver that's talented enough to consistently get separation no matter the play call Corey Davis has been a disappointment in terms of his draft slot he was the fifth overall pick in 2017 he has not played up to that draft slot and that value and one of the reasons why is because he struggles with getting separation on his own basically Corey Davis needs to be schemed open with one of those play action fakes a lot of Corey Davis's big explosive plays that you've seen this year have come from him running a crossing route over the middle or running a post in the middle of a play 
action fake and he schemed open. So I hope that makes sense to all of our listeners that he doesn't do a good job of getting separation on his own, but within the Titans offense, he can be schemed open. And like Jonu Smith has great run after the catch ability. So if you can scheme those guys open by using play action fakes and bootlegs and get the ball into their hands in space, then they can use their talents, which are run after the catch ability, big bodied athletic guys and, and dominate teams in the secondary through their missed tackles and, and the attempts that those DBs try to make on those big-bodied guys. So that's what the Titans are missing in A.J. Brown is a guy that can just consistently get open through sheer talent, where the other options like an Adam Humphreys or a Jonu Smith or a Corey Davis, they kind of have to be schemed open to have successful days. I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the Titans' defense here, at least ask you questions about it. Who has been? Who have been the catalysts for this defense so far? Uh, Numbers-wise, it says they're struggling against the run. I think they're ranked 29th in yards allowed. Uh, but you got Clowney now, uh, Rashawn Evans. I wanted to hear how he, he and Landry are fitting at the linebackers. And that secondary, I've always loved Kevin Byard as a player. I think he's. I think he's a great player and a great mm-hmm. safety. Um, but you know what's who are, who who are the catalysts right now, and how is it balancing with some of the veteran presence that they've tried to input on this team, like Malcolm Butler and Jonathan Joseph? Okay, so the reality is there is only one player on the Titans defense, in my opinion, who's truly playing as well as possible, who's truly playing good football, and that's Jeffrey Simmons. And if Steelers fans don't know about him, they're going to learn, just like the (laughs) Minnesota Vikings learned. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons, per pro football focus last week, had four quarterback hits, four pressures, or seven pressures, four quarterback hits, four run stops. I have 15 plays out of 65 offense of plays for the Vikings charted that Jeffrey Simmons was the primary disruptor on the play. He's a freak. He's a Fletcher Cox. He's a Chris Jones. Uh, He's one of those guys. So that will be the Steelers' primary target. But other than that, the catalyst has been the front four. Jadavian Clowney is one of the top players in the NFL right now and pressures up there with TJ Watt. And even though he's not getting home for sacks, it's about disruption, not sacks. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. Um, Harold Landry as the other edge has been fantastic. The Titans just got Vic Beasley back last week after a very tumultuous beginning to his career in Tennessee that included a 10 day absence from training camp that resulted in $500,000 in mandatory fines. But he is a talented athletic pass rusher and the Titans finally got their four best pass rushers, Jeffrey Simmons, Jadavian Clowney on the insides, and then Harold Landry and Vic Beasley on the outsides. And that's how they completely dis- – the Vikings' offense was great on Sunday, but the Titans wrecked them, and Mike Zimmer even called it chaos after the game in the final two possessions. And that's because that Titans package of those four pass rushers got things going. The Titans are missing their number one cornerback in Adoree Jackson, and his replacement has been Jonathan Joseph, one of the older cornerbacks in the NFL, maybe the oldest if I – was able to check on that. I do believe he is the oldest starting cornerback in the NFL, probably the slowest. And that's when you saw rookie Justin Jefferson for the Vikings dominate last week because he was getting one-on-one man coverage with Jonathan Joseph. So the Titans are missing a Dory Jackson at cornerback. Uh, Kevin Byard has not been playing his typical level of play. Malcolm Butler has struggled on the other side at cornerback. That's a recipe for disaster against teams, and they've given up 30 points two weeks in a row. The Titans' defensive play caller is out now due to COVID-19. He didn't miss the game on Sunday and was the first positive test they got in this rash of tests so the Titans are all out of sorts on defense right now but I do believe in the coaching staff and if the Titans can get that front four playing as well as they did at the end of the game in Minnesota then they can wreck any game plan because pressure on the quarterback 
um, it, it disrupts anything. You can stop any offense if you can get to the QB. I do agree. It sucks that Odori Jackson's uh, not playing. In this it game. does. He's yeah. former. He's room. He's former roommates with Juju Smith-Schuster. Yes. Uh, yes. And they, they, I remember when they exchanged jerseys when they first played against each other back in 2017 in Heinz Field. Uh, I talked. I remember that was a good conversation. We're gonna throw it to a quick break. When we come back. Tyler's gonna ask me questions on the flip side of this crossover Thursday. We are back for the second part of this crossover Thursday conversation. Of course, I am Tyler Rowland, host of the Locked on Titans podcast. We have Chris Carter here from the Locked on Steelers podcast, breaking down this game that will take place at some point during the weekend at this time. It appears that it will be Monday night, giving us a Monday night football doubleheader to look forward to. But Chris, I'm going to put you on the hot seat now after I just got out and ask you a few questions about this Pittsburgh Steelers team. And of course, I am going to start on the defensive side of the ball. The Steelers have the best defense in the NFL, not only by the numbers, but by the eye test as well. Their tape is terrifying. I, I think I took a nap earlier in the day and woke up with a nightmare from watching too much Steelers tape. Uh, I'm just going to start with that pass rush. Uh, The Steelers defense is blitzing at an all-time high, 51%, number one in the league, 59 pressures, first in the NFL, first in sacks as well, 15 sacks. So how are the Steelers utilizing their talent up front to dominate opposing offenses? Well, part of it is just they trust their front four. And that's the thing is that years ago, and what's crazy about this is that Keith Butler's defense, uh, the Steelers defensive coordinator, Tyler, they've led the NFL in sacks for three straight years. If they do it again this year, it's four. No one had ever done it for three, and doing it for four is just crazy. Um, But years ago, when this all started back in 2017, the Steelers were getting more pressure with – corner blitzes, with safety blitzes, with just rushing, just sending heat from everywhere because their front four couldn't get it done by themselves. They had T.J. Watt, but they were still figuring out who was going to be the guy. But over the past couple seasons, we've seen the the, 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 the emergence of T.J. Watt to be the supreme player that he is and Bud Dupree to be a really good number two that could be a number one for some for somebody next year because this is, this is the last time he can get franchise tag. Right. Um, but it's that chemistry. Watt is a straight up bully. I remember his first year in the his first training camp in the NFL. I was right there, uh, you know, with the Steelers, and I saw him working with James Harrison because Watt never needed multiple pass rush moves in college, and he was struggling early on because he was like, I only know like you know how to push and rip and pull, but now he knows how to swim. He knows how to spin. He knows how to rip with with different hands. He knows how to set you up outside and rip you off inside. That's what's made him such a serious threat. Also, being one of the better athletes in the NFL, he just he knows how to use his frame well. Bud Dupree has emerged because the Steelers have let him be who he is. They used to try and make him kind of be a, a defensive end where he used his hands more and he was more physical. Bud Dupree plays out in space. You want him running around people. You want him using his explosiveness, and that's where they get. But I would be remiss also to not mention Cam Hayward. Cam Hayward. I love Cam Hayward, man. One of my favorite NFL players. Dude is a he's he's a he's a great player, a great legend, a great person too. I mean, yep. because uh, he, he's one of the one of the people that I have the easiest times talking to in the locker room even after a tough loss, he'll be very candid about it, but this guy wins so many matchups up front. But watch out for Stephon Tuitt because the two of them are wrecking balls. Stephon Tuitt has just been marred by injuries, but 
I told Steelers fans this, and we're starting to see this happen over the past couple seasons. To its emergence, he's right around the age in his career when Cam Hayward took his ascendance to be the all-pro player that he is now. He was always good, but he turned into a great player right around his late 20s, when, and that's when everyone was like, oh, Cam Hayward. And now I think we're starting to see that from Stephon to it. He had three and a half sacks last year through five games before he tore, he tore his uh, bicep, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. um, and this year he got a sack la last week against Desha Deshaun Watson. The four of these guys, they're a wrecking crew. I think they're the best front four in the NFL. Yeah, I, I, at this point in time, it, it, at least when it comes to pass rushing pressure, it, it's hard to deny that. But, I mean, speaking of the pass rush on the other side of things, running the ball, the Steelers have only allowed 162 rushing yards all year. So, obviously, you've got a solid front four. But uh, anybody in the linebacker group that you would quickly tell Titans fans that they need to be paying attention to? The one-two punch of the off-ball linebackers because uh, is, is Vince Williams at the Buck linebacker and De uh, Devin Bush at the Mac linebacker. Now, those are the traditional three, four names for them. Vince Williams is your tank. When the fullback's coming, he's going right after him. He, ta he takes on the blockers. He, he has the most tackles for loss right now in the NFL. He's rushing in there. He's big. He's physical. He wins those matchups. He's also a nightmare for running backs trying to block and pass protection. He runs over so many of them. When he's blitzing the quarterback a couple years ago, he had eight sacks, and it was and he was all just from rushing up A-gap and just I'm taking out who's ever in my way. The other guy is Devin Bush who the Steelers have needed for years. He runs sideline to sideline. He moves back and forth. He helps cover underneath receivers. He's had a couple breakups. Um, he saved a touchdown last week against Darren Fells when Deshaun Watson tried to target him in the, in the end zone. Um, Devin Bush is a, is a great athlete who's learning how to play in this NFL. He's extremely young. He's 22 years old. This would be a place to target, though, to say, hey, let's see if we can get Jonu Smith some matchups with him and test it because the second-year player who's calling all the signals on defense – they might be able to try and say, hey, let's catch him off guard with some of these plays and, and see if and see if we can find a weak spot there. But Devin Bush, is learn he learns fast. He, uh, he Oftentimes when he's beat one way, he's not beaten that way again. Uh, and I, he's, he's been phenomenal for the Steelers. He, uh, he led them in tackles last year, um, and uh, he had his 109 tackles were the most of any rookie in Kevin Colbert, Steelers GM's era um, since 2000. He's doing a great job. Those linebackers, they're absolutely part of why it's tough to run on the Steelers because if you do get past that front four, Vince Williams is coming right at you, and if he misses you, Devin Bush is coming right, right after you as well. It's so funny to hear you describe the Steelers' defense because it's like the Titans try to do the same thing the Steelers are doing right now, but they're just terrible at it. Like they have Rashawn Evans, who is that that brick house who's supposed to be getting into the backfield on run plays, and then the the smaller but you know stealthier, more speed, and Jayon Brown, who's flying all over the field and should be able to match up with people uh, like running backs and tight ends. And they use Clowney the way that T.J. Watt is being used right now, moving him all up and down the line, allowing him to blitz through a gap or move where he wants to they got Vic Beasley who you're talking about like Bud Dupree needs to be in space and run around people they got to it and and yeah. Hayward we got Simmons it's, it's just funny to see how the Titans are like the the dollar general version of what the Steelers do in terms of mixing coverage and and being exotic up front but I want to move into the Steelers yeah. offense and the offense has been led by the running game based on uh, what I'm seeing here 139 rushing yards per game I know that the Steelers offense offensive line maybe isn't at the level that it has been in previous years, but what about what they're doing on offense is allowing them to have so much success on the ground? A lot of it is just that chemistry working it back. They've had three different offensive lines through three games. 
when they came into the year, all pro uh, offensive right guard, just David DeCastro missed the first two games. And they, at first they had Stefan Wisniewski, who was the veteran from the Chiefs that came over. He tore his peck or injured his peck. He didn't tear it. Um, and then in the, against the Broncos, they threw in the fourth-round draft pick, Kevin Dotson, who performed very well. But last week, you saw David DeCastro back, and you saw more of those pull, those, those double-pulling running plays that they like to do. They're still figuring out how they want to run the ball, and they're starting to become more of a running back by committee team. You got James Conner, who mm-hmm. loves he's – the, he's the Pitt product. He's from the University of Pittsburgh, from Pennsylvania. The guy beat cancer in college, and now he's, you know, he's been a Pro Bowl running back in the NFL – they use him a lot for those power runs. Get a, get him a lead blocker. Send him out and you know send him out with like David DeCastro plowing the way, and then he'll read off of that and make an adjustment. That's where he's at his best. Benny Snell, second year player at Kentucky. He's a goal line guy. He's their short your short distance guy. They, they want to see him become more, but he's had two, he had two fumbles in the first two games, so they they severely limited his role in the third game. So I think that's where you're going to kind of see him more. But last week they also introduced Anthony McFarland, the rookie out of Maryland. And mm-hmm. he is a speedster. He's explosive in space. I liked him out of the draft. The Titans ended up with Darrington Evans, but I wanted an explosive speed guy like that. And I, I did like McFarlane as a, as a satellite back. And that's the thing, man. Like, they're starting to – he didn't play in the first two games. But that third game, they gave him six carries, and he went 42 yards. Guarantee that they're, you're going to see the mix of those guys. But what's really done it is this offensive line still has its anchors. Marquise Pouncey at center. Several, I think he's made like eight Pro Bowls or something like that. <laughs> David DeCastro's made like five Pro Bowls. Matt Filer's coming along at left guard. He was the right tackle last year. They moved him to guard. He made some mistakes in the pass protection, but you saw last week on the touchdown run by Connor, he pulls, gets out in front, seals his man to the inside. He's doing a really good job. Villanueva still a veteran, you know, not the best offensive lineman, but still good and still good, and he understands the game of football, and he's going to protect Ben Roethlisberger's blind side. But the biggest new addition – has been Chakuma Okorafor, the third-round draft pick out of Western Michigan. Uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce that. I'll leave that up to you. <laughs> it's easy. A lot of people just call him Chooks, uh, but he's this okay. big, massive body that's really technical. I've always, even in college, I loved his footwork. He just needs to get a little bit nastier, and it seems like he's starting to get it. He got his, I think, third or fourth start with the Steelers last week, and last week he lined up against J.J. Watt. For most of the game and we all know who J.J. Watt is in those matchups throughout J.J. Watt's entire career he's played at that point he had played 98 regular season games since his second year in the league chopping off his rookie season in those 98 games only three of them did he not record a quarterback hit or a tackle or 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 a tackle for loss that became the fourth time this past weekend when the wow. Steelers beat the Texans, and right. that was Chakuma Okorafor just just driving and dealing with them all game. He got four tackles, but none were for loss. He never touched Ben Roethlisberger. Chakuma Okorafor is absolutely part of what they're trying to get done in the running game. And they've had three straight games with 100-yard rushers uh, with Benny Snell in week one, James Conner in week two and three, Titans. Titans fans expect more of James Conner in this game when the Steelers try to grind things out later into the game. Yeah, well, the Titans just got done getting a uh, a heavy dose of medicine from Dalvin Cook, or should I say a, a big plate from Dalvin Cook uh, on Sunday when he went for his career high 180 yards. Well, that's fantastic analysis. I guess the last thing that I want to ask again is just uh, – is there any weakness to the Steelers' offense you think the Titans' defense may in some way be able to exploit? 
Absolutely. The Steelers offense is still looking for where its continuity is. Where is its bread and butter? Because don't forget Ben Roethlisberger missed all of last year. They're still trying to figure out what works for him. And you've got a lot of new receivers in the game. Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, who's in concussion protocol right now, but maybe with this extra day, he'll be able to get out of it. But You've got an assortment of weapons at wide receiver. Chase Claypool looks really intimidating as a big and Mm -hmm. fast target. Uh, But the the thing is that Ben Roethlisberger is still figuring out who is his security blanket? What, you know, what plays can we call that we know are going to get us yards in when we need them? That's what the Titans have to be stout. Limit the run game. Don't let James Conner control the game. And then when you when you force Ben Roethlisberger into those third and eights, those third and nines, that's where you got to trust and say, okay, now, we know, we, we know he likes Juju. We can't let Eric Ebron bust loose on us. We just got to play disciplined football and trust that maybe the Steelers will, be, will, you know, will not have their, their chemistry together on offense, force some mistakes, get some pressure on, on Ben Roethlisberger, um, and keep close to these wide receivers. See if, he, if Ben's arm can make some mistakes. But Ben's arm has been good. He's thrown seven touchdowns and one interception through mm-hmm. three games. That's a pace of around 37 touchdowns and only six interceptions on the year. Um, he's, he's been much more efficient, much smarter with the football than in years past. And he said that was because he had a year off to kind of just watch the game in third person from the sidelines. Yep. If you want to disrupt that, take away the ground game, try to take away his primary reads and see if you can disrupt what he's doing. You know, switch up those coverage. You got Kevin Byard back there. Yeah. Switch up the coverage a little bit. Show cover two, switch to cover one, show cover one, switch to cover two, show cover two, switch to cover six. Those type of things to throw Ben off his game and see if that can happen. That's that's your best shot right now. But if yep. you let James Conner get that steam going and he's plowing through, it's going to be a long day for the Titans defense. Yeah, absolutely, and easier said than done because stopping the run right now is a very difficult proposition for the Titans. One thing I do want to mention, though, I have to mention it. You're talking about all those coverage changes. In some of my film study for the Steelers in the game against the Giants, they did a cover three look, show cover three, and then rolled the cor- the slot cornerback back 30 yards and or no, I'm sorry. They showed a, a, a two high safety look, showed a cover two look, and then rolled the slot cornerback back 30 yards and turned it into cover three. It was just wild to watch. Excellent, excellent design uh, from the Steelers defense. But hey, that's a fantastic breakdown of the offense. Talk uh, about the but defense. I want to I, I want to say because that's one more thing to look out for. Mike Hilton. Yeah. He, he's led the team in tackles okay. for the past two weeks. Mm-hmm. He had a sack in the first two games. He's the Steelers' slot cornerback. That's who they love moving around. Yeah. Remember, remember his name, Titans fans. If you can, if you, yep. his, he also, when the game was in the balance and the Texans and the Steelers were duking it out, Mike Hilton was the one, just like you said with the Giants. He rolled back. They forced Watson out the pocket. He threw across his body. And who was there 30 yards downfield? It was Mike Hilton. And he's only yep. like 5'8". Like he's, he's tiny, right. but he's right. feisty. Yep. And that matters a lot, obviously, as we know, in a game like football, your mentality, your demeanor out on the field can be almost just as important as your physical tools. But, man, what an awesome conversation. I know that the listeners of the Locked On Steelers, the listeners of the Locked On Titans, uh, got a ton of information to digest on this game to get ready for. And once again, just really happy that we do, in fact, have a football game to discuss, uh, you know, going forward throughout this week and on tonight's Crossover Thursday conversation. So, excellent, man. Thank you very much for uh, – for talking to me. I, I had a blast, you know, going over everything with you as well. Same here, buddy. Well, I hope we get to do this again in the playoffs. Oh, I'll see you then.
I hope you guys enjoyed that crossover Thursday conversation between me and Chris from the Locked on Steelers podcast. Some really good information in there I hope you guys can take into the game. Well, at this time, it does appear that the game will take place on Monday night. So that means our Football Friday will not be a game preview as I will be saving the game preview for Monday's episode. But I think that in Friday's episode, since we got ourselves a little bit of an extra day here on the Locked On Titans podcast, I'm just going to dive into some of my bigger schematic takeaways from my rewatches of the Steelers game so far this year. Their three victories against... 0-9 teams combined, so I'm going to dive into some of the things that I'm seeing on tape from the Steelers this year, and especially being Friday, give me another day to kind of go through the tape, make sure I feel confident about what I'm seeing, make sure I'm putting together some patterns, and I'm seeing some some really important stuff, and I have to say, just to give you a little bit of a tease for what I'm going to be giving you on Friday, I don't think this Steelers team is a great 3-0 and team. And while the Titans are at an incredible disadvantage in this game, I still think the Titans have a really good chance to win if they can handle just a few key things from the Steelers. So I'll talk more about that and kind of dive in more schematically on Friday's episode since our game preview will be on Monday before the Monday night football matchup that appears to be headed our way. So, hope you guys enjoyed this crossover Thursday. Like I said, Friday, going to have a schematic breakdown for you guys. Monday, going to have a game preview. Tuesday, going to have a game review with everyone's favorite segment, Tighten Up and Tighten Down. So, look forward to all of that. Make sure that you subscribe to the Locked On Titans podcast on whatever platform you do stream. Follow me on Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans as well. That's going to do it for me today, though. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.